I guess our theme, if we'd have one, be all things work together to good, the am that love God. And then he said, and those that are called according to his purpose. So, our perfect example of doing right is set forth in Jesus Christ. 53rd chapter is about him. He said, Who hath believed our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of dry ground. He hath no form or comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs, and carried our sorrows, and yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. In verse 6, and he said, And all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all, because we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. It must be that he would suffer these things. But then it said, and he opened not his mouth, not complaining, always ready to offer himself for his people. And it's our perfect example. We live in a world where there's many troubles and trials and uh, sickness and catastrophes of different kinds. And we look about us and sometimes we wonder, Lord, why are these things? And yet, if man be in God, if he's in Christ, then you understand that all these things work together to good. It must be. It always must be because it's the will and purpose of God that these things happen even among his people. But when we look at it in a full sense of things that some, his people, are drawn to him by the workings that are around them. 
other soul without the light run from it and curse God and and are terribly upset with God. And the question is, when some catastrophe comes, and all the question is then, if there be a God, why did he let these things happen? I hear it all the time. If not outright, just kind of uh, under the under their breath, they say, "Well, you know, we kind of doubt there is a God." They try and teach. I understand our children today that the Bible is is just a story, a storybook, and yet it is God. So they're busy. People that do not know God are busy trying to disprove what God has said. But the people of God are drawn to Him by the things that are happening in this world. And we're told that things are going to happen and they're going to get worse and worse and worse until the end. There, there's going to be things that happen that like never has been before or ever will be after that. So we must be prepared. Know God. Know God. Our, our safety, our security, our peace, our confidence is in God who doeth all things well. I know sometimes, even though a man that's saved by the grace of God, he has some doubts in him. So we have to learn. When we are saved, we don't come into the, the Christian world knowing everything. We must be taught. We must be taught the precepts of God that we might understand these things. That our confidence might be in Him. And in his word, which we read, sometimes we don't have full understanding. But that's the reason we keep going back. The Spirit causes his people to look back in the word. Always. Examine yourself. See if you be in the faith. Are these things that are happening, are they happening uh, in spite of God? That's kind of what they'd have you to believe today. That, yeah, it just happens. But nothing just happens. All things work together to good to them that love and know God. So, we look to the Word of God for our assurance and our encouragement or our courage to follow on in the times of trouble. Job said we're born under much trouble. This way it is. But it is none of it is by accident. That's that's a pretty popular word, Dave, accident. 
not not so. There's nothing accidental with God. It's all for the instruction of his people that it might draw them to the light that they might have peace that they might be liberated to worship and not curse God. Well, our, one of our examples is Job. All these things happened unto Job just one after another, and unexpectedly. He is doing really well, he thought. It happened to him unexpectedly. Even his wife turned on and said, why don't you just curse God and die? That's what most people think about it today. Would you just get out of it? No, they don't. You know, there is a hereafter also. Yeah. So it's not a getting out of it, dying. We get out of it in living, and not in dying. But anyway, his wife told him, "Said curse God and die." No, he'd follow God. The Lord giveth. He really said, hath given. And the Lord taketh away. So it's all in the hands of God Almighty. And we can rest in that. That is our rest. That all things do work together to good. No matter what it is. It's good. It may not seem that way right then. I'm old enough to look back and understand that things happened in my life that I had no clue it was going to happen. And yet, I'm here. God has been good to me. He's been merciful through it all. I don't have any family much left. We mourn over those that we lose. But it's all in living. So we look unto the Lord always for wisdom that we might have understanding in all these things. We have a good example in Leviticus, book of Leviticus, the 10th chapter, if you will. All of it comes back also to obedience. Example we read of our Lord Giving of itself was an example of obedience. Do the will of the Father, which the Lord did. And we, we will end there today, hopefully. Tenth chapter of the book of Leviticus. It said, Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, took either of them his center and put fire therein. and put incense thereon, and offered strange fire before the Lord, which he commanded them not. Uh, I believe 
Brother Russell a week or two ago, he gave an example. It wasn't this particular place, but he gave an example of, of being disobedient. They were trying to offer sacrifice unto the Lord. And the earth swallowed them up, and the fire come down and got a great number for being disobedient. And there went out fire from the Lord and devoured them, Nadab and Abihu, and they died before the Lord. And Moses said unto Aaron, This is that the Lord spake, saying, I will be sanctified in them that come nigh me, and before all the people, and I will be glorified. And here's the crux of the whole thing, and Aaron held his peace. Now two of his sons has been killed by God for being disobedient. Now Aaron didn't raise up and say, oh Lord, you shouldn't have done that. He just held his peace. I'm sure he had thoughts and suffered over the loss of his children. But he still was obedient unto the Lord and said, Thy will be done. This is what must be. And that's the way people of God must look at it. That all these things happen. Not just happen or caused by God. That he might instruct his people. These are all teaching lessons that come upon us. That's what strengthens us. If we go through the process of death and all these things, it is to strengthen us, give us liberty. I, I love the word liberty. Liberty to worship. You cannot worship outside of that liberty. Liberty to worship. But we gain that through the Lord Jesus Christ. And all things do work together to our good. The cause and the effect is for our good. So he held his peace. It is good that we have understanding of these things that they happen all around us. And sometimes people of God, they wonder at it. We do wonder at it. I don't believe there was a man that didn't somewhat wonder about the things. But then we always go back and look to God for the answer to it. It's good for us. In the book of the Psalms, the 39th chapter,
the psalmist was always trying these things and then praying. It's always a prayer. Lord, strengthen us. Show us what you'd have us to do. And then cause us to do them. The, the Israelite people, that's what they told Moses. They'd tell us what Lord have us do and we'll do it. But what we need is Lord to cause us to do it. Always strengthening him. Thirty ninth chapter in book in verse six said, Surely every man walketh in a vain show. Surely they are disquieted in vain. He heapeth up riches and knoweth not who shall gather them and now. Lord, what wait I for? My hope is in thee. Deliver me from all my transgressions. And make me not the reproach of the foolish. I was dumb. I was dumb. And opened not my mouth. Going back to the 53rd chapter of the book of Isaiah. That was the picture of our Lord also. I opened not my mouth. Because I dissed it. Because thou dissed it. It was you, O Lord, that done these things. Remove thy stroke away from me. I'm consumed by the blow of thine hand. And when thou wast rebuked, and when thou with rebukes dost correct man for iniquity, thou makest his beauty to consume away, and like a moth, surely every man is vanity. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and give ear unto my cry. Hold not thy peace at my tears, for I am a stranger with thee and a sojourner, as all my fathers were. We're all, we're all in that same boat. O spare me, that I may recover strength before I go hence and be no more. So that is our prayer today also, that the Lord would continue to recover us as we come upon these things. It calls us to question what's going on. Surely, surely the Lord will help his people. For all things do work together to good to them that know God. In the 119th Psalm, Verse 65, Thou hast dealt well with thy servant. Just outright statement. That's what I just said a while ago. When I look back, 
Lord has done well. Now I go back to that, the lines have fallen unto me in pleasant places. Lord is good. O Lord, according unto thy word, teach me good judgment and knowledge, for I have believed thy commandments. Before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now have I kept thy word, and thou art good, and doest good. Teach me thy statutes. Is that not what I said a while ago? We need to be taught. I've said this before too. First, they think first time, Man, when he makes a profession, they ought to make him a Sunday school teacher. No, no, he's got a lot of learning to do. We all have. You never, never, never can even start to know the whole will of God, even if he allowed it. The proud have forged a lie against me. But I will keep thy precepts, precept upon precept, with my whole heart. Their heart is like as a fat, as fat as grease. Kind of made me think of Jeshurun. Got fat and kicked. That's the way men do unless the Lord instructs them. And unless the Lord causes them to see that these things that are happening are for their benefit, for their good, it's instruction in righteousness. Their heart is as fat as grease, but I delight in thy law. It's good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might learn thy statutes. It's always instructing. What calls us to go and look at the statues, these things that are happening around about us. Like meeting, forsake not the assembling of yourself together as a manner of some is, but even the more as you see the day approaching. What do we see? All these things that are happening around us. The law of my mouth, the law of thy mouth is better unto me than thousands of gold and silver. It's life. Lord is standing between us and death. We live. It's a place where we have our residence. We abide. In Lord and he continues to take care of his people like I say there may be some things come up on you but know that all things work together to good in the same Psalm 137 Verse, he said, Righteous art thou, O Lord, and upright are thy judgments. Thy testimony is that thou hast commanded our righteous and very faithful. 
my zeal hath consumed me, because mine enemies have forgotten thy words. Thy word is very pure, therefore thy servant loveth it. I am small and despised, yet do not I forget thy precepts. Thy righteousness is an everlasting righteousness, and thy law is true. Trouble and anguish have taken hold on me, yet, yet thy commandments are my delight. The righteousness of thy testimonies is everlasting. His prayer once again give me understanding. <coughs> Excuse me, and I shall live. We can't live outside of that. And I shall live. Back in the 19th Psalm. <coughs> <coughs> In verse 1, it said, The heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament His handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. <clears throat> Talking about the heavens. Well, isn't it something you walk out at night especially and look up and all that? All the stuff that's up there glittering is a testimony unto who God is. There's no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. <clears throat> their line is gone out through all the earth. It's line upon line, line upon line, precept upon precept. It just keeps on testifying without stopping, to the end of the world. In them hath he set a tabernacle for the sun, which is as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, and he rejoices as a strong man to run a race. His going forth is from the end of the heaven, and his circuit unto the ends of it, and there is nothing hid from the heat thereof. The law of the Lord is perfect. That's where we look, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. We all fall in that category, by the way. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing in the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. And that's what we're talking about in all things. That's what he's talking about here, the judgments of God. They're true and righteous altogether. More to be desired than the gold, yea, than much fine 
gold, sweeter than honey and honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant mourn. <clears throat> and in keeping of them there's great reward. Who can understand his errors? Cleanse thou me from secret faults. Keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright. And I shall be innocent. Hmm. From a great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. So the Lord is always leading his people, always instructing them, teaching them about all the things that are in this world from the heavens to this earth, to the people that's up on it. It's all instruction to the people of God. It's our example. He set the example. That's where we started. In the fifth, third chapter of the book of Isaiah, he set the example. He is true to the Father to keep the commandments. And offered up himself because it was a will of the Father. In the book of Hebrews, the fourth chapter, <clears throat> verse one said, Us therefore fear lest the promise being left us of entering into his rest. That's what we're talking about this morning is rest in the Lord because all things do work together for our good. Rest in that. Enter into his rest. Any of you should seem to come short of it. There's a warning here. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. For we which have believed do enter into rest, as he said, as I have sworn in my wrath. If they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world, for he spoke in another he spoke in a certain place of seventh day on this wise, and God did rest the seventh day from all his works. And again in this place again, if ye shall enter into my rest, seeing therefore it remaineth that some must, some must enter therein, and they to whom it was first preached entered in not because of unbelief. Again, he limited a certain day. Saying in David today, after so long a time as it is said today, 
if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Because God is good. But if Jesus had given them rest, then would he not afterward have spoken of another day? There remaineth therefore rest to the people of God. For he that entered into his rest, he also hath called uh, ceased from his own works as God did from his. Let us labor therefore. Isn't that something? <laughs> Let us labor therefore. We sound like going to work again. Let us labor therefore that we would enter in. Also, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. It's our example. The Lord set the perfect example for us to do the will of the Father. In the book of John, the 18th chapter, I said we'd go in where we begin. In verse 4, I'm getting in the right spot here. I've got in verse 4, Jesus therefore knowing all things that should come upon him went forth and said unto them, Whom seek ye? And they answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus said unto them, I am he. And Judas also, which betrayed him, stood with them. As soon then as he had said unto them, I am he, they went backward and fell to the ground. Then asked he, hit of he them again, whom seek he? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus answered, I have told you that I am he. If therefore you seek me, let these go their way, that the saying might be fulfilled that he spake of them which thou gavest me have I lost none. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and smote the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. Then said Jesus unto Peter, Put thy sword into thy sheath. And this is where we come. The cup which my father hath given me, shall I not drink it? And the same question is for you and I today. The things that are happening around us, shall we not? drink it because it's the will and purpose of God all things still work together to the good of the people that love God
and are called according to his purpose.